That's the problem with making too many jokes is no one knows when you're really being serious. <laughs> it's a bit like Dumb and Dumber when they put salt in the guy's food and like he, he, he's um, his blood pressure shoots up and, and he's all like coughing and spluttering and they're just laughing at him saying, oh, you're really playing it off well. <laughs> oh, dear. That's going to happen. I'm literally going to have a heart attack and die in front of you guys and you're going to be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> just give him some sugar he'll be no. fine nah don't, don't I'm a good friend Andy I'll, I'll be like quickly before his pulse completely disappears uses biometrics to unlock his phone and delete all of his <laughs> whatsapp whatsapp messages <laughs> if only it was just his internet history Christ it's, it's going to take like a full forensic team no, that's half speed for some reason. You're listening to the host unknown. Po- no, hang on, that, there's something really weird. You're listening to the host unknown podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to, and this really is, episode 75. I think I called last week's episode 75, but hey. Episode 79. Exactly. Numbering has never been our strong point. Uh, But yes, episode 75. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Andy, how are you, sir? Uh, Not too bad. Are you able to just explain what happened there with the uh, jingles on the intro where you, you... You played it a couple of times saying it wasn't right. Um, I just want to check, is it your hearing that's going or, or was there something wrong? <laughs> well, obviously, I will have edited that out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just played at half speed, but it was very odd or a different uh, okay. different level. I, I, did you hear it? Was it different to you? Uh, no, it, it sounded normal to me. But, yeah. hey, what do I know? <laughs> did it really? Yeah, maybe the drugs are kicking in. <laughs> I was speaking to a colleague yesterday. I had a, I had a, a he's a, based in the Netherlands, and and he was talking funny. I said, "What's up?" He goes, "I went to the dentist, had root canal." I said, "Oh, that's not good." He goes, "Yeah, I had two for the price of one." I was like, "How's that?" He goes, "Well, he went in, and the the, the dentist was like, oh, it's the second from the back.'" He goes, "Yeah." So he numbed it up and started drilling, and he goes, "Hold on, no, it's the second from the back at the top." I drilled into the oh, bottom. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought I thought you were lining up for a joke here. Yeah, no. so did I. No, it's completely true. So he had like double the amount of um, thing, and like dentists were like, "Oh, that needed it anyway." It's a good thing we've done that early. Yeah, that needed Meanwhile, it anyway. Yeah, it's sort of like giving the signal to the uh, dental assistant to modify the notes. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> insert exactly. false X-rays. Yeah, <laughs> X-ray on the X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Which country was this? Uh, the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Oh well, they got far too many canals there anyway. I know. <laughs> oh my day. You oh. see, that's where I thought it was going. That's why I thought it was a joke. You know, no. there's going to be some play on root canal, two for one, <laughs> and then some weird Dutch humour being thrown in. No, 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 no. It's funny because we were on the call to uh, on our team call later in the day. And our US colleagues were like, yeah. See, within five minutes, we would have had four attorneys on him suing the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's okay. It's fine. Just relax. Yeah. I'll give you more drugs, okay? Exactly. <laughs> that's my entirely accurate um, 
uh, impersonation of the Dutch people. Oh wait, that was <laughs> oh I thought you actually got a Dutch person just to come in. I and know, say right? That. It's incredible. It's like and, they're in and, the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What about you, Jav? You okay? You well? I am good. I am good. I'm 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 putting on my tap dancing shoes and preparing to join the the likes of uh, Roy Castle in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Ooh, it's Norris McWhorter. What about him? Is he going to be there? In fact, what the hell are you doing? What, what's <laughs> what's the record breaking attempt? Number of days? I, I don't know. Growing putting, a beard? What putting up with you two? But <laughs> well, I think I think we're all in the same running for that. <laughs> yeah. So we are. Uh, so me. Uh, when you say so we, no, uh, we, we, am I involved in this? Is no, it, we uh, as in no did before. Did I miss an email? No oh, okay. before, uh, where I work, and uh, one login have uh, partnered up, where myself and uh, Niam from uh, one login will be delivering the uh, the attempt of the most views of a cybersecurity lesson video in YouTube in twenty four hours. Anything well, for views, right? Yes, you it's quite specific, isn't it? As well. Well, you know. Uh, oh, and in brackets, delivered by a person under five foot six with a, <laughs> with a beard. Yes, with a beard. Yeah, or, or as I say, a person exactly one Tom Cruise of height and uh, with facial hair. But yeah, no, it's it's happening on the fourteenth. It's completely free to register. If you're among the first five thousand people to register, you will actually get uh, an official um, Guinness World Records participation certificate too. So, so what, can, what is the number to beat, or has this just never been done before? It's never been done. No one's been brave enough to try this before. <laughs> so <laughs> you're pretty much guaranteed to yeah, get the world record. Say, Even if unless, three people turn up. <laughs> unless, uh, Tom, how about myself and yourself? We create our own video for like the following day. Yeah. And we try and beat their numbers. You can do that, but I'll always be first. <laughs> <laughs> and and I have to say, I do have a vested interest in this because despite my mock surprise at the beginning of that conversation, I'm actually, was it an adjudicator for this? Ah. Are you serious? Uh, I am serious. I'm serious. I, they obviously went right the way down to the bottom of the list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have absolutely no idea what I've got to do. But if it means staying awake and looking at YouTube stats, then I'll be sorely disappointed. No, it's, it's a it's a one refresh. it's a one hour session that's uh, broken into two two concurrent sessions. So I'll be doing one, and one login will be doing the other. Pre-recorded? Uh, no, no. So the first one will be live, and then it'll be on replay on demand for twenty four hours. So basically, you're putting in an hour's worth of effort for this. No, it's uh, you know this is like the uh, the story of the 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 old plane that wasn't working and the I, engineers. I love the way that Jav just goes off topic onto a story when the no. simple answer is yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm I'm putting things into context, and this is very important. You see, this is very important. This is, we're not in in a court of law where you're trying to cross examine me and say yes or no, yes or no, Mister Malik. In the Give me the example. Podcast. We've got public opinion on our side. This is kangaroo court, Jav. You have no yeah. choice in this. Anyway, tell us about your tell us your little story about the plane. 
the plane, it's an old plane, none of the engineers could fix it. So then they, someone said, oh, there's this old retired engineer, he's in his 80s, he worked on these planes, let's give him a call. So he turned up and he, he looked at it, he says, oh, I know what's wrong. A couple of bangs with a hammer, tightened a nut, fixed it. And the bill came for like $15,000. This is a plumber story. Yeah. Is it a plumber story? for the experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why are we paying you him going... 15 grand to hit it with a hammer? And yeah. We're not paying him 15 grand to hit it with a hammer. We're paying him 15 grand to know where to hit it with a hammer, how hard and with what hammer. Exactly. Yeah. And that's... So I, I thought you were going down the route of, like, you know, the adjudicator, there was no young one, so they had to go and find an old one. And that's where Tom <laughs> came into it. I didn't realise this was a... No, no, no. So, so where you're saying, oh, you're only putting in an hour's worth of work, based on 20 years of experience in the industry. So so you're going to be telling all of your old war stories that are no longer relevant. Hang on, you, this, this is the wrong way round. This should be you telling me this, not me telling you this. Anyway. You have reached a critical age, Jav, where actually all the old jokes now apply to you too. No, they don't apply to me. Shut <laughs> up. I don't like you. See, this is why I, I, me and Andy should have gotten Graham Cluley to be our third participant on this podcast when we started it off. He's such a nice man. He's a, he's a true gentleman and a scholar. And, you know, I, I always get really offended when you keep on, you know. Well, I, 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 like I said, I've always preferred Carol. Well, she's all right as well, but. You know, Graham's, <laughs> Graham's a good man. Graham, if you're listening, and I, I don't know if you ever do listen to this podcast because I know you're a busy man with lots of priorities in your life, but, you know, I think you're okay. You heard it here first, everybody. Jav thinks Graham is okay. So what have we got coming up for you today? Well, this week in InfoSec, we are searching for stories on the internet, but we really didn't know how to find them. Billy Big Balls is about a hamster. I thought they were quite small on a hamster, but who knew? Rant of the Week sees Apple once again in the crosshairs. It's just so unfair. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And finally, Tweet of the Week is just full of vendor hate. I mean, come on, guys, throw us a bone here. So let's move swiftly on to this week in InfoSec. It is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account and also via a group chat, which Jav uh, scoured a story for. Um, so the first story is going to take us back 20 years to the 27th of September 2001 when uh, Jan DeWitt was sentenced to 150 hours of community service in the Netherlands for creating and spreading the Anacornicova virus. Oh, I thought uh, it, was, it was for doing unnecessary uh, root canal surgery. <laughs> D- different Jan, different Jan. Uh, different, different Jan, Jan. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was one of the first major virus cases created from a virus toolkit. Um, and the uh, author refers to it as the dawn of cybercrime toolkits. Uh, so 
this whole do you remember the anacornicoma virus right yes um, it was basically so, click here for nudes wasn't it well pretty much yeah it was uh, a, a hidden vbs script in uh, you know outlook emails that come in so this guy is 20 years old at the time uh, went by the handle on the fly uh, actually created it in february of the same year to 2001 um and so you know you'd receive this email it'd have a a it would look like a picture of Anna Kornikova, obviously a very popular tennis player at the time. Um, but instead, when you opened it, it was called like anacornikova.jpg.vbs. Uh, and obviously, when you open that in Outlook, it didn't display the picture of Anna Kornikova you were looking for. Uh, it actually launched a VB script uh, that then forwarded itself to all the contacts in your address book. Um, so it's really more like a load on uh, systems that, you know, sort of uh, that was the, the main problem. It didn't do anything destructive. Uh, in any other way um, but the great thing about this was that the guy created it using like a vb worm generator <laughs> uh, you know which he downloaded one afternoon and then just created it that same day and just sent it loose in the news group um, and then you know that's it it just went all the way around the world um, very you know very uh, unlike the old i love you virus um, you know that did actually cause problems with more um, destructive you know serious- yeah, so, but so the funny that, thing about all that overtime was the result of him just dicking around for an afternoon. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but the, the, I was going to say the funny thing about this is that the um, the guy that helped track him down with the FBI was a guy called David Smitten, who you may re- recall was the author of the 1999 Melissa virus, um, who was in FBI custody at the time. Uh, so it was one of those sort of, you know, use, uh, use a virus creator to, to find a virus creator, uh, except I don't think Yan was as, you know, sort of hardcore as uh, everyone thought he was, uh, just using a point and click toolkit. Um, but yeah, no, great times. And I think that Anacornicova virus is still embedded in, in virus like folklore. Uh, in terms of, uh, I swear yeah. I still get emails from people who've been hit by it because I just get forwards, forwarded some nonsensical email from them. Oh no, I'm generally sending you emails about Anna Kornikova. It, oh right, uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll yeah, click on, no, them. No, I'll click on them next time. Then. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, but our second story will take us back a mere twenty-three years to the twenty-seventh of September, nineteen ninety-eight, when uh, on that day Google launched. Uh, which Away. you may have heard of this company called uh, Google. But uh, prior to this date, most people would typically use Lycos, Yahoo, or Alta Vista. Yes. Uh, and then obviously Google came along with its fancy search engine. But I was actually looking for, you know, what else people were using back then. So those three were the most popular. But there were actually eight search engines that were said to have defined the, the world of search prior to Google coming along. So you had Web Crawler. Uh, which was one. Yeah. Uh, Lycos, uh, obviously Alta Vista, which, you know, if you didn't use that and you were just wrong. Um, Excite, Yahoo, which everyone knows about. Dogpile, do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. actually. You don't? Okay. It was, um, no, it was great. Terrible branding, but uh, otherwise a good, yeah. uh, a good one. Um, Ask Jeeves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeeves. Remember that yeah, the butler. So, yeah, exactly. And I remember at uh, Victoria Station when I was going into London, they did a big promo there where they had people dressed as butlers uh, handing out sweets. Um, yeah, great sweets. That's why I remember. You sure that, sure that wasn't around about the uh, BBC studios around about the 80s? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that as well. Uh, okay. And then one called Jump Station uh, as well, which I don't um, No, I don't, don't know recall. that one. I don't recall but, it at uh, all. 
No, well, I, remember, I, mean, I remember somebody showing me Google for the first time, just saying it was the best search engine en- ever. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's very good, you know, and there's this, you know, I'm feeling lucky button and all that sort of stuff, yep. which would take you to, you know, just one of the responses or, or whatever. Uh, never in a million years would I have thought it became it would become what it has, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It was well, just yeah. another company, just another search thing. Yeah, and just think, like, back then, would you actually just dedicate, you know, would you only ever use one search? And, like, why would you want anything better than Alta Vista, right? Exactly. Um, but so they launched in, uh, you know, obviously the late 90s. Yahoo tried to buy them for $3 billion uh, in 2002, um, which obviously Google turned it down because they actually felt the deal was worth was worth five billion. Yeah. Um and then obviously you know that they didn't do anything. But yeah, since then Google's just gone on from strength to strength, right? Obviously the, the launched Gmail. Um, you know, they went public. Google Maps, uh they launched that. They acquired YouTube. Um they acquired DoubleClick, uh, you know, the ad empire at the time. Launched their own browser, Chrome browser, um, Android Market, Nexus One um you know working on self-driving cars at the moment like the whole company's just gone man. it's like it's like the whole it's like the honky tonk man i can sing i can dance i can do it all it's yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> just they've done some great stuff and things like you know google maps and all that sort of thing and you know all of the other products that they've brought out has definitely been at the the forefront of technology but i just don't like using most of their products i have to say I've but even stopped a, using them as a search engine. I can't bear the G Suite. Really? I try so what do you do? You use uh, DuckDuckGo. Oh, DuckDuckGo. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh. So that I do retain some credibility then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'd said Bing, I mean, come on. <laughs> even my mum doesn't use Bing. <laughs> you um, can't find anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, um, I don't like their Chrome browser. I just, you know, it's. I don't like their stance on on privacy, although that's a whole hot potato at the moment for everybody. I just uh, it's just interesting how much they've contributed to you know the environment that and the, the products that we use. But actually, for me personally, how much I dislike using their product. Such a, you know, this is just the the, fan, the the fanboy, the Apple fanboy speaking from within, and it's just in, in, inherent dislike of Google. That's why yeah. I use DuckDuckGo. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. No. I, I no. The, I, I see what you're saying. I, I I do feel also that a lot of their products end up just being half baked in many cases. It just feels like everything's what? in a beta. Which ba- product? Google Plus. Yeah, things like Google Plus and the chat and you know all these things. They they kind of launch a bunch of things that like they they have all this hype behind it. Google Glasses, the the ones they launch and. There's so many things that they seem to have some promise, and then they never seem to see it through. You always they don't feel like them. They, you always feel like they're gonna, you know. There's a whole bunch of core products which are fantastic, and I'm a I'm a complete, um, sort of like uh, Google setup in my Google in my fanboy, pers- yeah. Not not a fanboy, but <laughs> I, I I do have an Android phone. I've had one for for years, and it's solid. I've um, you know, got the G Suite and you know the the chrome and everything it, it's it's perfect like even chrome. chromebooks i think are are absolutely brilliant i've got one for the for one of the kids and it's solid it's just so and it's good. Uh, cheap as well right they, it they is built a whole ecosystem that's very affordable yeah 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 i get that i get that but at what price you know it's cheap because you're paying in other ways 
What ways? Well, by handing all your data over for a start. What and? data? <laughs> <laughs> you know all those photos that you thought were safe on on Google Drive? <laughs> well, like the same ones that uh, iCloud is scanning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> they might do, at which point I might change my opinion, but at the moment they're not. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to feel really old? Uh, I was just looking this up, and this is moving back one story. Anna Kornikova is 40 years old now. Wow. Um, Damn, she's older than me. <laughs> she's, I was going to say, she's officially too old for you now, Andy. Yeah. I, I I always... See, it's weird, because I only remember her as, like, that, what, 16, 17-year-old playing tennis? 17-year-old Russian... Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, like, in my mind, that's how it's always been, because I've... You know, obviously, she's not really had much of a career or anything outside of tennis, and yeah, just not uh, had much of a career outside of tennis. D- tennis has been her life. Uh, I think modelling was probably yeah, she's probably she, more successful as a model. Yeah, than but a it's like saying, Jav, you've not had much of a career outside security, have you? No, I mean like outside of tennis. So when she st- she stopped quite young as well. She didn't like yeah. go on to have a full career. She she you know got into modelling and then she started dating. Well, she did have, I think uh, physical in- yeah she had back problems. Yeah yeah. So I so don't know why you get I don't know why you're getting so 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 <laughs> shocked by my statement. It was a very. <laughs> Do you know what? It's the uh, you know what happens when you mention like Google versus uh, Apple. Yeah, uh, and then it, it, it kind of festers inside him and he yeah. just lashes out. He yeah. needs to lash out. Comes out in anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, my, my four-year-old has more self-restraint than you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I can say to that. This week in InfoSec. Well, next up is um, is a rant of the week from me, uh, which I'm kind of... And, and guess what? It does con- concern Apple, so I'm kind of worried about this, <laughs> about where we're going to go on this. So uh, got you warmed up. That's good. Yeah, let's, yeah that's precisely. I think I'm warmed up. Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage! So this rant of the week is about Apple, and the story goes there was a uh, an article on ZDNet of all places uh, by David Gewurz, um, and it's the headline was "Secure those Macs. Apple must step up and support older machines for the good of the planet and the safety of its users." Um, and then the, uh, the 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 sort of headline image is a pile of old computers, uh, trashed, etc. Uh, links in the show notes of which, upon inspection, there are no Macs. Uh, so you know, you know, strike one for, uh, for for David on this one initially. But it's been it's a fair point to make. So David apparently has just finished upgrading a small fleet of older Macs and he's had to pull five machines out of service. Uh, And the reason for which is because he couldn't get the latest operating system onto them. Um, And then he makes some good points on this. Um, He does say that obviously there's huge amounts of 
um, recycling issues here, you know, saving the planet. We're just basically, even if the machines are recycled, we're just reusing a lot of energy to, to do that. We should be keeping these old machines in service for as long as possible, especially ones that, as using or paraphrasing his own words, are, are as well built as, as Apple machines, which will last a long, long time. Um, they also, he also says that one of the reasons people get rid of them is because software support ends on it. And frankly, it wouldn't cost much for Apple to maintain. He reckons uh, 20 million for salaries and 20 million a year for facilities and gear, etc., for roughly 100 engineers who could be dedicated on maintaining support on, um, on those older machines, which is a drop in the ocean. Um, on the 89.6 billion of revenue that Apple posted last year. So, you know, very good points, very good points. The thing here is that, um, and where I disagree is, is that in many cases, the Apple machines are do continue to be supported. Um, for instance, yesterday, uh, to test this, I upgraded an old iPhone SE, first released in 2016, I think, so five and a half years ago, onto the latest iOS 15. So that's possible. He also then said that um, of those five machines, he actually installed um, not the latest software, but I think it was uh, Big Sur or, or something like that. Uh, oh, no, it was Catalina. I'm sorry. Um, which had a full suite of security patches on it. So it may not have run the latest software, but it still did run a perfectly workable um, operating system that was currently being maintained by Apple. Uh, and again, I've just uh, upgraded some friends' machines and I've been sort of reselling their old ones. And I've got a 11011 machine running Catalina and fully patched uh, and a 12030 2013 machine running, I think it's uh, Big Sur, fully patched. Uh, so these, there is support for a lot of these machines and going back quite some time as well. So not sure uh, uh, about this. And the other point as well was, he even says, goes on to say that smaller developers can't be expected to maintain patches for all, uh, for older, older operating systems. But if you don't maintain those uh, that software, then even a, even a, a fully patched operating system could still be vulnerable as a result of the um, the application it's running. So you can't kind of have one without the other. Uh, so it, whilst it was an interesting article, I think it does raise some good points. I think it's quite confused in some areas and doesn't actually contradicts itself in a way. I don't know, Jav, you and I had a little um, uh, WhatsApp chat on this, and then we said, you know, save it for the uh, uh, save it for the podcast. But um, I think you were largely agreeing, weren't you? Yeah, I think like like most podcasts, it's uh, the, these conversations between us uh, feel like a battle of wits to which you turned up uh, unarmed. But uh, no, but for 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 a change, no, I think you're right. I think there are many things that are convoluted in it um you know especially the issues about developers and apps and everything so you're jumping from os support to app application support and that kind of thing i, th I think 
if we strip it down to the real beer basics, I think as a principle, just as a principle, should more vendors be providing support for longer time? And so. as a principle, I think, yes. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it's fair that, you know, you spend a grand on a phone uh, or, or you, you take out a 48-month contract on a phone and you're a bit unsure whether this phone, and it's not just Apple, it's like Android, whatever. Uh, you're not sure whether by the end of the 48 months with the latest pack, uh, you know, installs, it's even going to be running very well or not well no i don't know uh, i don't uh, i definitely think you're going to get two years out of it sometimes you yeah you do you know but you know it's it's a big investment and and i think it's it's also one of those things we need to think about um sort of like people that can't afford to upgrade very frequently for them it's a big investment uh there, there are lots of other countries where like their their laptop schemes where people send their unused laptops or older laptops yeah. And, and you know, we don't want to build up this whole ecosystem that can just be turned into a massive bot network for, for some someone because they're, they're not secure and what have you. I, I'm not suggesting that companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google, they, they maintain everything forever. But I think, may, I mean, in my mind, I think maybe there's, there should be another option. Maybe they should develop a, a legacy OS for their machines that you can install or, or, or like maybe but their old no, things become they don't next, need to though like you just... can, honestly you can get huawei phones that are you know very affordable and can run you know versions of android that it doesn't you know they're very like for years and years and years but you know for, for, as a as a vendor like as a producer of software you cannot continuously support legacy software like people have to upgrade. That is just the nature of these applications. You cannot have legacy teams supporting. You know what are you going to do? Build have completely different teams for every version of the OS that you release. It's just you know those. That, then all of a sudden, eighty nine billion profit drops down to eighty eighty eight yeah, million. No, no, eighty eight no, no, billion I, I profit. Right? I, I I just think that I, I I agree with you. I don't think that's a unfair point. I just think that. Hardware has gotten so much better now and devices last longer. So I just think that the window of support, maybe if vendors extend it, you know, maybe it's like three years or five years at the moment. If they just extend it by a year or two, I think that will cover most of the things. Because it, it, I, I've been in that position as well where you've got something that works perfectly fine. It's The hardware is absolutely good. You've got it all set up, but then it's not compatible to install the latest update. And so you you kind of like left with that tough choice where you you run something vulnerable. So I think just if if you just support it for as long as the the hardware survives, at least. No, because hardware can go on forever. Like that's why there's so many classic cars available on the road, right? As long as you maintain it, I d I don't get it. Like why is this even a discussion? You can't just buy something and expect it to to be supported at the software level for you know for the life as long as you live. You say anything about as long as you live. No. Perhaps even some regulation that says computers must be sorted, must be supported for ten years. Phones must be supported no, for three six to years. five years is perfectly adequate in the world of of technology. Yeah, says says the person who can afford to replace something every three to five years. Yeah, exactly. Hey, my Mac is a my Mac's a twenty thirteen Mac. <laughs> like okay, a... that's one of them. What about all the other stuff you've got? 
Yeah. Uh, and I also have a Windows machine, which I purchased last year when you guys were getting your new shiny Macs. And I said, nope, I cannot justify spending that money on a brand new <laughs> Mac. I'm going to get me a 500-pound Windows 10 machine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Re- regretting I th- that already. I think where the author, where this article really misses the point, I don't think um, desktops and mobiles are the biggest issue. What we really need is to put more pressure on IoT manufacturers to ask them how long they're going to support their devices for and uh, whether anything <laughs> Most of those is. Even... companies go bust by the time the product ships. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. So, yeah. you know, the dash that... cam manufacturer of my bloody dash cam. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the app that comes with it is crappy and buggy, and of course they're not around to deal with it. So Brilliant. it's it's a pain to get the the, uh, right, the images. It off. probably it probably sat in the uh, warehouse for like a year before it was shipped to you, right? You know, before it went on sale. Yeah, That's what I mean. There's, there's so many logistics in like the supply chain involved in distributing de- these devices with with uh, you know not everyone's got an infrastructure like Apple. Yeah, don't talk um, about supply chain right now. Everyone in the country <laughs> is a supply chain expert at the moment. <laughs> So this is this this is not Facebook, yeah. Keep keep your supply chain discussions elsewhere. I, I watch this YouTube video, right? And this is why I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, no, not buying it. Sorry, but uh, three to five years is perfectly adequate for uh, technology, and it's nothing to do with um, affordability. Yeah, that's the. If you want a Mac, yes, it's going to be expensive, but there are more reasonably priced devices that are more affordable, and. Um, you know, we'll what about the impact to... on the environment for a start? Yeah, the the yeah. amount of raw materials. Recycle. So why are we not making this discussion about recycling? Because okay. that's that's not the main thrust of the topic. We're doing recycling next weekend. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> recycling is that the part we call this week in infosec? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, our geez. green credentials right there. Yeah, we got, we got a carbon neutral show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, since uh, we need to move very swiftly on, I think, uh, Apple, you could try a little bit harder, but uh, this article doesn't pitch a very good uh, story in support of it. Um, and uh, Andy likes to get a new machine every three to five years, just just so we know. And we all know it's less than that. Yes. Rant of the week. Oh, dear me. Well, that was fun. That was very fun. Sketchy presenters, weak analysis of content, and consistently average delivery. But they still won an award. Like and subscribe now. Over to you, Andy. So what do you guys know about uh, investing in the markets? I know that whatever I take my money out of suddenly goes up amazingly in value the week later. <laughs> so there's a um, uh, a book written by an author called Burton uh, Malkiel. Um, it's called A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Uh, and in it, he's got this, uh, you know, he has this belief that a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at a stock ticker listed in the newspaper could actually do perform as well as a human investment. Was it, uh, was know, it definitely darts? Uh, it was definitely darts, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the story of a hamster that has been live streamed 
uh, and the hamster is named Mr. Gox. Um, and they have built a cage, or they, they call it the trading office. It's got like a camera in it, like the uh, intention wheel, and it's got a decision buy tunnel and a decision sell tunnel. And uh, based on the hamster doing his exercises and then walking through the tubes as to whether or not they should buy or sell, um, you know, as it's spinning around the uh, cryptocurrency that it's looking at, uh, this hamster has managed to uh, outperform the S&P 500, uh, the, the sort of futures market. Um, so he started trading on the 12th of June. Uh, and as of uh, last Friday, he's returned 24% on the initial investment. Wow. Uh, which is, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, cycles through 30 cryptocurrencies. Hamster just, based on his random patterns, his exercise, and which which way he decides to walk around his cage, um, he's either making money or losing money. And thus far, he's made a lot of money. So um, I wonder what the long-term out- outcome of this will be. So yeah, 24% up now but could be down vast amounts in six months and then could be up again. So it's it's almost like if in a random a random inputs into a random, somewhat random or chaotic system are going to result in generally <laughs> neutral outputs over long periods of time, right? And I think that's the uh that's the crux of um uh, uh, investing in crypto, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that is pretty much. That's you might as well job. be random, and then random <laughs> purchasing, and then at least you won't be losing money in the long run. But you might won't also be making money. Yeah. And can we can we replicate this by creating our um, sort of like risk decision monkey? So you know, yes. you, you ask Ooh. him like, should we accept the risk, <laughs> transfer the risk, uh, you know, whatever, uh, apply a control. And then, uh, and then do risk management that way. And then a year later, we say, look, as a result of this, this organization has not suffered any data breaches. That's right. Or has suffered an increase of 24% in uh, data breaches. Yeah, well, <laughs> still better than the big four. But, but in the long run, our data breach um, win-lose ratio will be neutral. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which reminds me, two monkeys in a bath, and one goes, and the other says, we'll put some more cold in it then. Damn. See, I, I thought you, were, you you had a good angle there with a the carbon neutral sort of tie-in, and then you went and ruined it. <laughs> Had to be done. No, he didn't. <laughs> you just ruined it. Ruined anyway, it. Andy, thank you for this week's Mr. Gox. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Are you not entertained? What? The judges were. You're listening to Europe's most entertaining content. Bro, what are you talking about, man? The Host Unknown Podcast. Andy, what time is it? Uh, it's that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. EU slams Russia over disinformation hacking campaign. Industry news. Huawei CFO released after admitting she misled bank. Industry news. Computer scientists jailed over dark web conspiracy. Industry news. 
Crypto developer pleads guilty to North Korean plot. Industry news. Canadian vaccine passport app exposes data. Industry yeah. news. So, SolarWind attackers develop new foggy web backdoor. Right. Industry news. Euphemism. Vulnerability exposes iPhone users to payment fraud. Industry news. Scammers capitalise on release of new Bond movie. Industry news. Cyber second only to climate change as biggest global risk. Industry news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Huge, if true. Oh, we knew somebody was going to say it. There are some big ones in there. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know more about this foggy web backdoor. That sounds fun. (laughs) That's what she said. Oh, actually, no no need to click on it. I don't want to. I just wanted to say foggy web backdoor. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's the um, story, and I saw this the other day, um, where Apple, Visa... Um, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, <laughs> this is this is the story. So you can use um, in your in your Apple Pay, you can set up a trans transit card, so you don't need to unlock it uh, when you get to your bus or train or whatever. Whatever poor people use tram, uh, you just tap <laughs> your phone on it, and it will make the the the, tr- the transport payment without you having to unlock the phone, like the Oyster card type thing. Like the Oyster card, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, uh, researchers at a couple of universities, they found it and they, they've said there's a vulnerability where they can, uh, if you use a Visa card within Apple Pay and that's it, as you're trying, then they can like um, force it to make a payment to a device if you're choosing and it removes the limits on the payment as well. And right. there's, there's been a big hoo-ha about it because they're like, oh, Apple haven't fixed the issue. Visa haven't fixed the issue despite reporting it to them. and. <laughs> this is where like I, I find like research and reality just don't mix uh, it, it very well because think about it to to be to pull off this attack successfully you need to uh, be physically close to your victim the victim has to have an iPhone they have to have a visa card on Apple pay and that visa card on Apple pay has to be enabled for transport mode as a transport yep. card. If all those stars align, then you can go up to them, bump up, bump up against their phone, and and take a payment off them. Um, Which is pretty unrealistic in a crowded tube train as you walk down, accidentally bumping into people through a corridor of three hundred people. See, I think it's a lot easier if you just went for the contactless thirty pound limit and yeah. bumped into people. <laughs> yeah, you know, set, set yourself up as a coffee merchant and charge people like two pound fifty a bump. That would be far easier. I, I just think it's one of those cases where it's it's not a massive. It's a risk. big story, but it's no, it's not likely to happen in the wild. Exactly, right? it's a big story that it needs to be fixed because it could be utilized as part of another attack, or the vulnerability could become more critical for other reasons. Uh... But yeah, the actual threat to the in the wild is tiny. You know, it's it, this. Banks are, if there's one thing banks are good at, it's it's knowing uh, how to protect their money to, yeah. to within within reasonable things. And if the fraud on this is not high or is 
not occurring at all at all there's no reason really to fix it it's uh it's great in a lab environment like you said if it, if it leads on to other things then sure but yeah for now it's just a uh, much ado about nothing Ooh, getting the classics out <laughs> <laughs> or, or or as you would uh, as you would say the moderns <laughs> I was out only just last week. I remember seeing that chap's play in that big circular theatre we've just had built. Coliseum. <laughs> so, oh, so, so hang on, what's this one about the Bond movie? Before we uh, move I, on. I was actually reading the one about uh, cyber second only to climate change's biggest global risk. Um, so yeah, the a major new survey of 23,000 experts. Uh, oh, AXA, Future Risks Report. So insurance companies, they know what they're doing. Uh, and everyone names climate change as the biggest risk on the global stage. But, he, yeah, cyber. Climate cyber. change is the one that's going to kill us tomorrow. Cyber is the thing that's going to kill us today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think cyber's. Not, I think we're we're beyond that stage generally, where cyber is its own separate entity. Everything is cyber now. It's just the way yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, very true. So, so should we get Insulate Britain to sort of, along with their banners that say Insulate Britain at the bottom, they can say patch your systems. Yeah, change your yes, password. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> get a password manager. <laughs> that would be cool. uh, yeah, Bond Run. I think typical. Anytime something big comes out. Uh, people jumping on the back of it. Cyber criminals uh, sending around, I don't know, I'm trying to add where Trojans capable of stealing login passwords but calling it uh, oh, links to sites about no time to die. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've seen the, the latest Fast and Furious movie, Fast 9. Not seen it yet. No, so I... You know, I generally like the movies. They're, they're brilliant. They're just good fun. This Not seen is... a single one. This is by far the absolute worst. It is oh, really? complete dog shit. Oh. Um, I, I couldn't watch it in one viewing. I had to pause it and, you know, just watch it in, in little bits and pieces just for the, the sake of getting through it. But Oh, that's sad to hear. It is sad. It is, uh, so what rich. you're saying is I shouldn't take advantage of the iTunes offer of all nine films for forty nine ninety nine. The first few are really good. The, the first yeah, two, also, yeah. yeah, especially. Don't need to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was this week's industry news. So over to you now, Jav, for Tweet of the Week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the Week. So I saw this, I laughed, and then I cried, and then I laughed, and then I cried. <laughs> Uh, it's by Andy Ellis, CSO Andy, who up until last year, this year, was uh, the the head of security at Akamai, and now Where is he's, he now? Well, he's joined. Uh, is it Momentum or no? Not Momentum. There's no, a that's VC. the Labour Party. No, 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 no. It's there's a VC basically there in uh, 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 Israeli based. Right. I can't remember. It's. Uh, uh, no, no, no worries. I just thought you might know off the top of your head. Yeah. No, um, I can picture the guys, the founders, in my head, but I can't say. But he's joined them, and he's like an advisor now on startups, and he's yeah. their, one of their residency sites and what have you. So his tweet is, if you put your dumpster fire onto a sinking ship, at least you're on a path to put out the fire. There's logic in there. 
there is logic in there. It's I, deep. I, it's very deep. Yes, yes. And, and actually, I think this is an accurate representation of a lot of things that we do in security as an industry. <laughs> oh, dear. So I, I thought that was good. And then the, there was a second tweet by a good friend of the show, Dan Cuthbert. Um, absolutely. Lo- love your hair, Dan, by the way. Dan, Dan's, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's one of those guys who's so... He's got a full head of hair, which makes him instantly hateable. But then... <laughs> <laughs> he's so clever at what he does as well which which i hate him <laughs> which, which makes it even worse <laughs> and then he's such a talented photographer on top of it yeah. i don't i don't know if you've ever seen some of his photos he done one series yeah. like a, a few years ago he published it online where he went to chernobyl yeah and uh... he, he posted all those pictures really really good i'll, I'll look them up and I'll, I'll i'll pop them in the show notes later but uh, <laughs> he's posted a picture of uh which is a screenshot from the godfather where he's like, you know, doing favors. And um, uh, he goes, ah, yes, InfoSec, where a vendor tries to sell you your own breach data and offer it as a monitoring protection service. Uh, We now go live to one of their sales meetings. This industry sometimes, wow. And there's that picture of the Godfather there. So I I thought this was interesting. And I I, I wanted to get your guys' takes on it as well. Like, do, do you think it's really that bad? Do you think it's... Um, a bit of uh, you know trying to sell sell. There your are companies that that ostensibly do that, but I think the vast majority of them, and the one the ones that we you know the household names on, or at least the cyber household name um, known ones, uh, cyber household names ones. I'll get that out eventually. There there is a value add that they bring in the fact that they are they're doing their heavy lifting in the analysis and the consolidation and and the uh, intelligence behind it but yeah it does sometimes feel like it Andy, you do with you you're you're more neutral than tom and i because we we both work for for vendors yes so, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. deal with vendors yeah no i deal with vendors but yeah they do but do you know what this is i don't think there's a way around it like it's i mean although i hate vendors that do it i would be bored if they didn't try selling me something so you see this more as a sport than actual business. Yeah, but it's good to hear how they try and sell you something, you know, what they perceive the value to be. Uh, because, you know, ultimately, if there is a value to it, then, you know, we'll buy it. It will be of use. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I am actually kind of neutral on this one. What? Well, that doesn't help the podcast in any no, way, does it? No, it doesn't at all. Where is <laughs> yeah. it? And on, and, and on that bombshell... Yeah. Tweet of the week. Andy Switzerland Agnes. Ah, uh, dear <laughs> me. Andy Keir Starmer Agnes. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> um, right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Jav, thank you very much indeed for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. And Andy, thank you, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. So, Tom. Yeah. Would you classify a TED Talk as only 18 minutes of effort? Oh, it depends on the TED Talk. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, most of them just get up there and talk, right? So, yeah. I know what you're trying to get me to say. I'm not trying to get you to say anything. I'm just trying to show you the truth. You just just go off and keep hitting those pipes with your hammer, Jav, and eventually you'll get it right. Aye.